Hey, this is Evan Black, pastor of Faith for Life Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you don't yet know Jesus, I'm so glad that you're listening, and I pray that this message empowers you to give your life to Christ. If you're just starting out on your journey with Jesus, I hope this empowers you to connect with Him. If you're strong in your connection to Christ, I believe this message will empower you to follow Him. So enjoy today's message. So Pastor Evan has been talking, uh, doing a series of Where Are You Going, right? Have you guys enjoyed the series? I've heard a lot of great, great things, and I love hearing that because if you say that, yes, you've enjoyed it, that means you're getting something. That's all I care about. Are you really getting something out of it? We don't want to just come to church and not get anything. Well, today I want to stay in the same space of where are you going, but in doing that, I want to talk about where are you going in your faith. Where are you going in your faith? Faith matters. Our church name is Faith for Life. We inherited that from Bishop Butler, which we love so dearly. Our bishop, some of you may not know him yet, but he'll be here in a couple of months. But we thank God that even faith being in our name, it's a reminder that we need to make sure we have it. So I have a bit of a history with cars, with vehicles. They have tried my faith, okay? So growing up, most of you all know, inner city, very poor. Days with nothing, right? No food to eat, you know, holes in your shoes, the whole, the whole bit. Um, but the car journey was something altogether different. We had this LeSabre bolt out front, the length of our house. The car, the car was long, y'all. She, she was long and, and rusted on the outside. But, you know, with a little tinkering and work, we could get LeSabre going. I said, with a little tinkering and a little work, we could get LeSabre going. We may have to go back a couple of times, add an oil because of that big stain she had on the side of the road. But we would keep putting oil in her, putting gas in her, and making all the adjustments we needed to make in order to make sure that she was running when we needed her. That's why we come to church, to make sure we are keeping all our joints moist in the name of Jesus to make sure our faith is working when we need it. Now, when I was, when I finished school, I moved to Atlanta on my own. I didn't have family members with money. It, it, was, it was me and Jesus all the way. And I think sometimes that's the best way to grow your faith. You have nobody. You out there in the world. And I moved for a government program, AmeriCorps. I was working in inner city schools. And so in that time, I needed transportation. And I happened to still have a vehicle that Pastor Evan's father bought me in college. It wasn't a pretty one, but it worked. Can y'all believe that? What kind of faith is that? You know your girlfriend needs a car because she needs to get to all her jobs. And your, fa and your boyfriend's dad and mother, they put money together and bought me a car, cash. I got to tell them thank you again. Because I wish my son would tell me what his girlfriend Son, let's, let's pray. We're going to agree in faith. Lord, we come to you right now. Lord. But, you know, there's also cultural differences, in, you know. All right. So I had this bad accident in that car in Atlanta, glaring of the sun the whole bit, couldn't see, airbag deployed, burn skin off my face. It was a situation. And then I got into a place a year or so later where I could actually 
buy a car. Could I afford a car? Mm Mm-mm. But I could get a car, and I got one, and it was only 3,000 miles. It was a Toyota Corolla, only 3,000 miles. I'm like, are they just giving away cars? Like, I don't know what's happening. But I I got a car. But you know what happened? I would find myself, every time I went to the car, to turn the car on, I wasn't sure if it would start. I had such a bad record of having reliable transportation in my life to where when I got something brand new, I didn't trust it. And I'm telling you, it took me a couple of years of a brand new vehicle to get in it and crank it and know this thing is going to come on for me. Driving and thinking, I'm hearing a noise, and then it's the car that pull up next to me, and I'm like, oh, that's not my motor. That's not my motor. Oh, it's there. Oh, my goodness, I'm smelling something. What's that smell? What's that smell? Oh, my goodness, let me pull over. Let me check. Oh, it's the motorcycle that just, that just drove by. It's not my car. Some of us are this way in faith. We believe that we've had faith, and faith has let us down. And then we get made new. We maybe rededicate our life, or we say, God, I'm about to be for real, for real with you. I'm about to get for real, for real. And then we start a journey of actually committing to God, and then things start falling apart, and then we feel like faith don't work. The car is still fully functioning. Is it the vehicle or is it what you believe? Is it the vehicle and all the smells you're getting? All the life that's happening around you? Is it your bad experiences that's causing you to challenge the God who made you? Which one is it? See, there is one thing that is truly required in order to have faith. When it boils down to it, of course, it works through love. But before you can get to a point of faith, you have to have trust. Until I could trust the mechanics of this brand new vehicle, I was not going to relax in it. I was not going to be in a place where I knew I could count on it. Just like with God, until I trust God, I'm not going to relax in my faith. I'm still trying to do all these works, trying to get something to happen, something to work for me. I still feel like I need to find some formula in my faith of works in order to make sure when I need God, he'll be there because now I'm good enough. That's not trust. Let's go to Proverbs 3. Let's learn more about what trust actually is. And I'm going to read from the Amplified Classic Version. They give me a hard time about all my versions I use. They're like, we can't find the version you're using. Amplified Classic. And let me give you all a tip for those of you who use your cell phone Bible app. Put your phone on airplane mode when you're in church so you don't get a bunch of notifications. And and when you look down at your phone, you see someone text you. And that's a little bit of a tip, just advice, that airplane mode will help you out from being distracted when you're trying to use your Bible in church on the electronic device, all right? Proverbs 3, we're going to go all the way from verse 1, and we're going to go all the way to 8. Let's start. My son, forget not my law or what? Everybody say teaching. But let your heart Keep my commandments. Everyone say keep. So he said, my son, that's all of us, my sons and daughters. He's talking to us. He says, I want you to forget not, which is a choice, forget not his what? His teachings. So when you come to church, you're being taught. When you do Bible study, you're being taught. You're teaching yourself through the power of the Holy Spirit. You have understanding. 
We're teaching. God says, don't forget it. Then he says, keep my commandments. Then he says, you need to now do it. So you need to hear it, and then you need to now do it. This is the foundation of trust. The more that I'm in any relationship and I hear them talk and, oh, yeah, I agree with what they're saying. Oh, they have a sense of humor. Oh, they made me laugh. Oh, man, we're connecting. Why? Because I am hearing more about you. I'm understanding more about you. And because I am understanding more about you, I'm going to eventually trust you more. We do this a lot even with coworkers. They're in our space. We hear, we understand them, we see them. And so because of that, before we know it, we've developed a way of thinking about them. And many times it can be trust. Some of our lifelong relationships have come from being in the same workspace. But then he goes on to say, after you have my teachings, I need you to actually do it. Sometimes this is where we get stuck. We don't do anything with it. We come to church and we, we hear what, even what I'm saying today. But if you will actually go home and what? Do your own study on trust. Do your own study on faith. If you don't get that teaching down in your heart, then you won't see the results of faith in your life. It cannot happen. It cannot happen. Let's go on to verse 2. It says, for length of days and years of life worth living. We want life, but we want life worth living. And tranquility, here's that piece I was talking about. Inward and outward and continuing through old age till death. Ooh, that's good life. These shall they add to you. My life is longer, full of peace and better because I actually took in the teachings of God's word and then I did them. Because I took it in and then I actually moved on what I got. Verse 3, let not mercy and kindness shutting out all hatred and selfishness and truth, shutting out all deliberate hypocrisy or falsehood forsake you. Oh, if I had time. Mercy and kindness. Oh, hold another teaching. Let me keep going. Verse four. So shall you find favor, good understanding, and high esteem in the sight of who? God and man. So if you don't find favor with people. It's hard for you to get along with people. You feel like people don't like me. Mercy and kindness, the previous scripture. It goes on to say a good understanding. You should have good understanding. High esteem. People think highly of you when you take in the teachings of God, which produces mercy and kindness. When you actually do, when you move, and then you will have high esteem and favor in the sight of God Almighty but also the people around you. It's something because as you go further and further in, in the faith, there's a certain almost kind of Christian you expect to see from people. It's not a written thing. It's kind of like an unspoken rule. We all have different personalities, but you expect them to be honest. You expect them to be truthful. You don't, you don't expect them to be shady or lie to you. You don't expect them to push you beyond where you know God is telling you you're supposed to be in your heart. You, you don't expect certain things from people who've been around Jesus a long time. But sometimes those saints who've been around Jesus, why did I say that and think New Orleans? Oh, forgive me, pastor. Not New Orleans saints. Not, no, not football. Coming back. I'm reeling it back in. But why is it that sometimes those believers 
that have been in this thing a long time, you know they've been going to church for 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years. And they still mean. They still rude, ugly to people, bad mouth in the pastor, bad mouth in church. They don't help nothing no more. They just, you're like, I have no, like, I don't understand God. Is that God's fault? No. Because when you really are taking in the teachings and then you're doing them, you change. I'm not the girl I was when I left school and went to Atlanta on my own. I wasn't that girl. I'm not her. Because I continue to take in the teachings and continue to do it. Because that's where my faith began to get built. Let's keep going. Key scripture here, verse 5. Lean on. Everyone say lean on. Trust in. Everyone say trust in. And be confident. Everyone say be confident. Not arrogant. Be confident. We're not arrogant in Jesus. We're confident in God. In his strength. We're not arrogant in what we've learned and how many years we've been in this thing. We're confident in the Lord. It says, with what? With all your, with all your, it can't get in your heart if you haven't received the teaching. It starts with what you hear. It can't get there. So that that means I'm telling you, you cannot actually lean on God, trust in God, and be confident in God if you have not received his teaching, his word, and gotten to know him where he has actually penetrated your heart. Some of us gave him our heart all the way, but then at some point we started to take pieces back. God, I don't trust you with this piece anymore. My church, I don't trust you with them no more. Mouth, 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 mouth. This broken piece, I don't trust you. My husband, done. I don't trust you taking it back. How do you know your trust has been broken? Because you stopped doing What does that mean in a relationship? You're no longer kind and respectful because the Bible says that we're supposed to treat our brothers and sisters in Christ with love and respect. So if that is removed, that means you now have begun to reject God's ways, his teachings, and do it your way. You have now removed trust, and he cannot work if you don't give him the trust he deserves. So the love and respect, the thing, the greatest commandment is to love. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love God. And if you stop doing that with people, you are saying, God, I don't trust you with them. I'm taking it back. So now there are pieces of your heart that you have right now. You do not trust God in them. You don't. Some of you, it is with money. You don't trust God with money. I'm telling you, in those times where I was alone, and had no one else to depend on. It is in those times that I learned that who God is as a provider, that he was enough. He was, he was enough for me. I, might, I didn't have a lot. And I don't proclaim to have a lot now. But at least I know the roof is not about to get snatched from over my head. And those times where I was just waiting, I'm a day, I'm an hour, I'm a moment away from being on the street. And I came to trust God because I got in that book. And when the Bible says that God will supply all my needs, I believed it. 
And because you will supply all my needs, I know that I need to do what you said as I need to sow. I need to tithe. I need to give because you said you will protect the devourer. You will protect me from the devourer. You will keep me because I sowed. Yeah, it's found in Malachi 3. Yeah, it's in the Old Testament. But the new covenant we have includes the old. So it doesn't go away. We just have more added in freedom and redemption now because of Jesus. But I knew if I stood on that word, God would honor it. So I got the teachings. I took it in. And then I acted on that thing. So now when it comes to that area of my life finances, I trust him. And I won't let it go. But there are some parts of even my own heart I have taken back. And the same is true for you. You got areas where you don't trust him anymore. What I love about our God is he does not judge us for not trusting. His arms remain open. His love remains there. But he says, what areas today do you need to hand back to him? And I'm talking about, I'm asking you to do something like for real, for real. I'm asking you to say, I'm going to have a moment with God. We're going to give it to you at the end of service. A couple minutes. Where you bow your head and you talk to him like, see, he's already talking to you. He's already, if he's already telling you errors you've taken back, raise your hand. He's already talking to you. You already know. But he is going to ask you to do something because there's nothing he gives you to keep for yourself. There's not a message you hear, a sermon you hear online, anything that's just for you. It's something about the world today. Because in the world today, everything is about you. What you're going to, y'all hear this buzzword? You're going to manifest for yourself. Your goals and dreams for you because you're the boss. And I found myself in so much research when I left corporate America a couple months ago and trying to understand what is this space? Because I know I have a gifting in this space, but I don't know how God wants to package and deliver that. So I'm just researching. I'm doing. Because I trust that he's, ooh. Because I trust that he has more to pull out of me, and it's not just in a church building. It's outside of here. So I'm just going to do, I'm going to act. I'm just going to start researching. I'm not moving without him. I'm just going to research and gather the information. So when he pulls the trigger, he pulled the trigger. It's not because I think it's time, so I'm going to manifest it for myself. That's not faith. That's not trust. So what did I do? I began to research. And in the research, I started hearing all this language of manifestation. And they're not talking about by the power of the Holy Spirit. They're saying you can get enough vibrations high. Oh, yeah. They didn't teach us this in ministry school. It's been a minute. Because we learned about our religions then. But you can produce it for you. Good vibes only, the vibes they're talking about, and godly. Now, will I wear a shirt with it? Because I love how, I, maybe, I may wear a good vibe shirt. I don't know. But my belief is not in, a, in vibrations. It's not in what I can produce for myself because that life is absent of faith. That means you don't need to trust God for nothing. It's all within you. You can produce it. It is by the Spirit of God within me that these things will come about for me. With no negativity. God promises me longer life and longer years. I don't know what y'all are trying to get me out here. Let's go on to verse 6 and 7 as we close in 8. 6 says, in all your ways, know, recognize, and acknowledge him. And he will direct and make what? Straight 
and plain your path. See, right now for me, it is blurry as to what God wants to do for me in a different way um, outside of the church buildings, what I'm referring to. So just like I mentioned, okay, I came out of corporate America, and honestly, I was trying to find my identity. Yes, I'm Pastor Evan's wife. Yes, I'm a pastor here. Yes, I have responsibility that I've been volunteering and doing for a very long time. But in myself, a job is not enough of an identity. This is still work for the Lord that I'm doing. So I'm like, God, I know that there's more. I know there's more that you need for me to do. And here's how faith does. Okay, I'm going to keep receiving the word on it. I'm going to also get practical knowledge because your Bible says that I should value wisdom. So that means I'm reading a book and they're not all spiritual and by Christian artists I'm, or Christian um, authors. I'm learning so that I can show myself approved even in that way. So I'm learning and I'm researching. Again, I'm not moving without God. I'm not moving without God. But I am recognizing him and acknowledging him in all my ways. So when I digest something outside of this, I'm like, okay, Lord, he's been telling me he's washing me, washing me. I'm like, okay, let me wash this with you. Lord, this don't sound right. He's like, keep listening to those girl podcasts. You keep listening to all that black girl magic I do. You listen. And then you bring it back to me and let me, let me handle this in your heart. You bring it back. And that's when I start picking up these trends, y'all, and noticing there was a commonality. And what made it so hard to grasp is so much of it sounds like the word of God. I mean, so much of it sounds so familiar. And I said, wait a minute. Oh, they done said a couple sentences too much. This don't got nothing to do with God. Nothing. And we have to be careful. But I know right now today in my process, I'm recognizing and acknowledging God. And this says that he will direct my path and make it straight. Well, right now, I tell you now, my path seems blurry. I don't know what's next. But the word promises me that he'll make my path straight. So God, why not today? Why don't I know exactly how you're going to walk me into that other thing, that difference, that newness, that whatever that is, that I know you're going to pull out of me to use outside of the church walls? What is God telling the truth? Or is it simply my doubt that's getting in the way? I know God will make my path straight, but he's going to do it when he's ready. He's going to make the path straight when you're ready to walk the right path. When you're ready to walk a straight path, he'll make the path straight. Am I ready to walk it? I am. So I think God knows my heart better than me. Obviously, I'm not ready or it's not time. So what do I need to do? Keep his teachings. I need to, whatever I get, I take in. I'm going to act on that thing in some way. It may be small, but I'm going to do that thing. And I'm going to acknowledge him and I will have favor with God and man. See, these are things you can say over yourself. God, I'm going to do it. I'm going to walk. I'm going to trust you. I will have favor because you said it. Mercy and kindness will follow me all the days of my life, God, because I trust you. I trust you with my career. I trust you with my influence. I trust you with my husband. I trust you with my children. I trust you with my brothers. I trust you with my mother and my father. I trust them with you. I took it back at one point. How do I know I took it back? I started acting, started ignoring you, got upset. Oh, I'm not trusting you with them because if I did, I would do right. I would do right and know that you will take care of everything else because I trust you. Verse 7, be not, everyone say not, be not wise in your own eyes. Reverently 
This is humility. Fear and worship the Lord and turn entirely away from evil. There's a pivot. Running out of time. Verse 8. It shall be health to your nerves. Ooh. Bible's old, y'all. So that means God knew how we were made up so, so, so many years ago. It will be health to your nerves. You mean following God, trusting and doing is health to me? Is peace, tranquility to me? And sinews, Lord, you better come on to the sinew. I don't even know what a sinew is. <laughs> and morrow, know what that is because people donated for money. I'll, hey, I, hey, when I was, didn't have nothing, I'm like, what can I donate? <laughs> Almost went there. Just did the research, but God said no. But I had to do. I had to move, right? God said no. I ain't getting my, my bone marrow. It says, and moistening to your bones. Have y'all ever heard the reference of older people being dried up? And then God says, this way of living and being actually moistens your bones? I ain't going to be dried up, okay? Lord, I'm going to do it. And I thank you for the benefits because he don't have to give me nothing. For obedience, he don't have to. I rebuke the devil. He ain't going to tell me, oh, it's my phone. She ain't on airplane mode. Woo, that thing will preach. Let me stay focused. So God says he will give you long life. Y'all, all these benefits, all these things we really want in life, you really want peace. You want to be able to be confident in God. You want to love him truly. You know, that's what you really want. But then you know there's some things in the way. You know you probably watch too much TV. Let's break it practical. You know that you probably need to set aside a time a week where when you come home from work, the TV don't come on. For me, I've had to change my habits, y'all. Like, there are nights where I'm like, hey, hun, just so he makes sure he knows he's not rejected, I say, hey, hun, tonight's not a TV night for me. So, like, he knows I'm, I'm, I'm ghosting you for just like an hour or two. Because if I sit on this couch, your girl's not getting up for two hours. Maybe four. Don't judge me. Maybe four, okay? I know myself, but I had to be real with myself. See, I knew myself and didn't do nothing. Now I got real with myself. And God was like, baby, you can't even go in the room. I can't go in the room. Nope, can't go in the room. Because if you do, you will begin to forget my teachings. Why? Because only on Sunday are you even paying attention. One verse a day in the Bible app ain't going to get you saved. It ain't going to keep you. It reminds you, God, you are great. You will do that for me. Gone. You done moved on with life. See, it's about taking it in. See, it's deeper. It's about giving God time for real. Then you begin to see, and you're motivated to do and get all these awesome things. So what I encourage you to do today is trust. Trust God again with your heart and every other part of your life that he has already started talking to y'all about, right? Talking to me about. So right now we're going to bow our heads and we're just going to have a time where we're quietly talking to God. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512 512- 
520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.